Support the Amigos podcast on Patreon or PayPal and receive cool perks and rad swag. Visit our page at everythingamiga.com support. Amiga, the first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're going to be talking about Pac-Mania. Mm. Okay, Would yeah. Would your personality as manic? Uh, no. No, I wouldn't class. I, I'm sort of the, uh, I like to consider myself the even-keeled, kind of slow and steady type. What about you, Boat? Uh, I think I'm probably pretty manic most of the time. I'm here and there. I'm bouncing off the walls like a madman, as they say. Yeah, maybe that's why I love Pac Mania so much. But we'll get into that in just a second. Mm. Right now, Aaron, we need to be talking about what's been going on in the wider Amiga scene outside our two walls. I guess it's really our four walls. Mm. No, it's our eight walls because we're in two separate locations. I told you, Aaron, I'm manic. That's why you don't teach math, boat. <laughs> Let's talk about what's been going on on our YouTube channel, Aaron. All right, all right. We had a pretty interesting week here. Uh, let's. And I should mention that uh, last week's Roadkill show, uh, we got a lot of uh, interest in that. I, you know, it's funny. I that Roadkill game, I never thought of as a big title, but for whatever reason, uh, uh, that was one of the most successful sh- out of the gate shows I can remember us having for a long time. Uh, I think it was uh, it was all our our new social media production or promotion master, the dunk. Yeah, he's making it happen. He's yeah. bringing new folks in. Numbers are up across the board. Um, so let's talk about here's a, a wacky show. Me and the Brent uh, last Sunday on ARG presents. We covered the Game Kings one and two. Uh, the Game King is one of these gimmicks that is shaped like in a Game Boy Advance or PSP but in actuality contains hardware that pre that is basically weaker than the original game boy, uh, mm. the old tricky, tricky thing. But we played some games. We played the original three games that came on these devices. And I'll be darned if we didn't have sort of a good time with this horrible, uh, you know, shell game style console. I I'm see getting- that, uh, that modern, um, video capture techniques for the Game King have not yet been developed. Yeah, this appears I'll- to be <laughs> taped right off the, the system itself. Yeah. I had trouble finding, uh, non emulated screen footage. In fact, this is one of the only ones I could find. I did find out, you know, we used a couple different types of footage for this, but I will say, uh, the games we played actually, and believe it or not, I enjoyed the Bomberman ripoff title on this thing. It was okay. Uh, and the 1942 ripoff wasn't too bad either. So we may actually come back and revisit the Game Kings. I never thought I'd say that, but uh, we had a good time uh, playing with it. Uh, coming up this week, we have finally spun one of the lock wheel pieces, and we're going to be doing, uh, in honor of our Coco, our now lapsed uh, Coco uh, color computer show, we're going to be doing a color computer piece this week, and it should be a lot of fun. We're looking forward to that. That'll be filming on Sunday. Uh, Boat, now you here have a one of your Activision uh, unboxings. You want to go into it on Dragster? Yeah, so this was uh, the second in a series where I just pulled some games off the shelf and opened them up. 
And uh, Dragster was one of our biggest surprises. This was actually has its roots in, a, in an ancient episode of ARG Presents where we covered the 2600 and Dragster was one of the games that, that, that we chose. Um, a very simple game, but uh, very addictive. Uh, I had a lot of fun opening this thing up and looking at the instructions. Of course, this is from a time period where they had to be really creative with the uh, the artwork and the instructions to really draw you into the game. I go and I go in deep with the side art on these games too. So I really enjoy. I've always enjoyed packaging. Um, I've always enjoyed uh, looking through instructions and all the ephemeral material. So uh, we do a little bit of that. And of course, we close out the stream with me relearning how to play Dragster because this isn't a game you just sit back down and start again. You got to relearn the touch, as it were. You know, it's funny. I remember when we recorded this way back in one of the early ARGs. And it was the same week that the fellow that had the world record got busted for cheating. Oh, yeah, you're right. I forgot about I remember that. Remember, the timing on that was unbelievable. And and but you're right. This isn't a game you just hop back into, but it doesn't take too long to remember the rhythm of playing mm-hmm. it. I mean, this is almost not even a game. I don't know. It's 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 a very strange title. It's I can imagine buying this and just hating it. And right. I've, known, I've known plenty of people that would put it in their machine and just be like, what is this? This is crap and it's gone. You mm-hmm. know, so this is very this was a, a higher level game, as it were. But, yeah, very good stuff. I, I always enjoy it. After that, we did that original show. Um, let's talk about this Amiga Power live stream. But even I didn't haven't got to see this yet. What's the, this is on the this is based on the uh, the musical CD, right? Right. So I uh, I was our, our our good friend Matthew Smith graciously sent me this CD, Amiga Power, the album with attitude. And uh, what I did was I uh, I just it came with a, a really amazing book. Uh, that, that details a lot of the history of this music and the games and things. And I just went down the list of uh, of t- the table of contents and played uh, each game. And then we listened to its uh, the, its according song, you know, its new remix. It was really fun. I really enjoyed doing this. And I plan on picking this one up because I only got about a quarter of the way through the two-disc set. This thing covers a lot of games and it has a lot of music on it. So uh, we did Sensible Soccer. We did Lotus. Uh, and we did uh, a Pitya. So uh, a great three games to start out with was three of my top favorite games of the Amiga of all time. So it was pretty cool. Yeah, I, I, that's a very clever boat. I'm anxious. To, I haven't got to see this yet. I'm anxious to check that out. Um, so let's talk about our good buddy, uh, Flack, Jack Flack, if you will, Rob Rob O'Hara. He has a new Sprite Castle plays Load Runner. Mm, yes. Now you know. Uh, uh, Load Runner's a game. Uh, I believe. We, we, I think you were still on ARG when we tackled that one on the Game Boy, weren't you? Bird? Absolutely. My God, that was hard. <laughs> Such a hard yeah. game. Load Runner's a game I never really had a good handle on. Did you ever? Were well, you ever good at it? It's funny because it wasn't until I've I've played this a couple times. Most notably on the TI eighty five. I spent some time with Load Runner. No kidding. Wow. I didn't realize that if you play this game with the keyboard, you can dig in both directions. Yeah, that's important. And, that makes a big difference in yeah. being able to successfully complete these levels. I'm sure I'm going to give this thing another go. You know, I've got an Apple two E and, uh, you know, load runner is definitely one of the marquee titles for the Apple two. It's a, it's one of, one of the earliest games that was really a blockbuster. And so, uh, I plan on giving this thing another go and using the keyboard so I can dig in both directions. Very good. Very good. But, uh, I should mention that, uh, I saw flax, the screen, 
I haven't got to listen to it yet, but the screen grab for the new Sprite Castle features Load Runner, and he's actually spelled uh, Sprite Castle out with the, pe- the he's used the, uh, the level editor to spell it out in the game. Oh, that's so cool! I give that's double so cool. thumbs up for that. that. Now that's going the extra mile, boot. Yeah, I thought that was awesome. Um, let's talk about uh, this was a wacky thing. So, you know, I told you I'm getting ready for an ARG this weekend that has Coco. Mm-hmm. Uh, on it and so you know i like to have a little video in there it's just a, a, a schmoz of all the videos from the game just playing what me and brett talk right and i didn't find one that i liked and it occurred to me that i had made eight million videos <laughs> where I was like, wait a minute so i strung them all together and once i'd done that i'm like well heck i'll just stick this up on youtube and and uh, so it came to pass 90 plus minutes of coco game footage uh was released uh this is the audio and video no commentary so if you, as I mentioned in the uh, liner notes here, as I wrote down, this is a great thing to play in the background. This is great to play in the background during Christmas or a romantic evening. Anything mm-hmm. you've got uh, need for cocoa footage, right? When you your family gathers in. together around the hearth, you put that on and That's you just right. get in, get in the spirit. That's right. Or maybe, or particularly like a religious event, like a bar mitzvah, for That's example, true. or a christening, That's something true. like that. Mm-hmm. Anything. The cocoa footage goes with anything, you know. Uh, so if you're if you're dying. And I do recommend sitting around and watching this in its entirety. Bro, there's no, you can't leave halfway through. It's it's <laughs> an hour and thirty nine minutes of Coco footage. You'll be you'll be glad that you watched it, Boot. Um, awesome. I think that covers. I mean, we also it looks like you put up last week's live uh, broadcast. So if you want to see all the behind the scenes footage from, <laughs> you can also go check yeah, that out. Get ready for this week's whenever this this week's comes out because you like audio be adjustments. You yeah, are in 56 for a minutes treat. of audio adjustments. Get ready. <laughs> That's all we got, Boatster. Gamble train. Uh, Aaron, this week on the Amiga News, we have a couple stories. It hasn't been a super, super crazy news week, but we got three, three solid stories to talk about. The first one comes to us from Ravi Abbott, who gives us a blow by blow account of him starting up the Nottingham Amiga Group. This thing, uh, they have uh, they have overcome the COVID fear and gathered together for Amiga action. And so uh, Ravi talks about all that went into uh, making the group, you know, scheduling things. Uh, it, it's sort of a vlog type affair, and then he recaps the event itself. Uh, this is definitely worth watching. I, I can listen to Ravi read the phone book. Uh, he's just got one of those great voices, which, you know, he should probably think about starting a podcast because I bet he'd be pretty good at it. <laughs> you know, um, Ravi's got a voice and really his his face and everything. He's got this down to earth, uh, your buddy quality uh, yeah. that he he exudes. It's a friendly, friendly fellows. I did watch mm. this and I was so jealous, but it was just killing me to watch this thing. Yeah. <laughs> it looks so much. Yeah. It looks so cool. Yeah, absolutely. So check that out. Um now, Aaron, I know that we are not the world's biggest Turrican fans, but we could not let this let this story pass us by. Turrican is being re-released uh, for the Switch and the PS4 in physical form. Oh yes, um, this is this is done by Strictly Limited Games, uh-huh. who uh, their whole business model is basically re-releasing classic games uh, in limited editions uh, and charging out the wazoo for it. Uh-huh. So. If you got a really thick wallet and a small brain, get ready to spend your money. No, I'm just kidding. If you bought this, I apologize. This thing, Aaron, comes in two formats. It comes in Anthology 1 and Anthology 2. So to get all of these games, 
that you might be able to find on emulators for nothing. You have to pay a total of 70 British or 70 euros. I think yeah. these are 35 euros a piece. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. But that's not all, Aaron. You can get the collector's edition, which comes with a Turrican documentary, a soundtrack, and this is the, the creme de la creme sticker sheet. Yes, because that has tons, to be involved. Tons of 40-year-old men love sticker sheets. They put it on the side of their bureau. There's all kinds of things they do with their sticker sheets. So anyway, if you want such a fine piece of equipment like that. Now, I'm not saying that that's the top end because it's not. The Ultra Collector's Edition is waiting for you, Aaron. And I believe the Ultra Collector's Edition, let's get some, I want to make sure, I don't, I want to make sure and price these accordingly. The sticker sheet package, as it's known, is going to set you back a hundred, a hundred euro. Okay. Yes. The Ultra Collector's Edition. Okay. This one is individually numbered. It's limited to a thousand copies. Of course. Okay. This thing sells, this thing has, get ready. Four Amiga coasters. Sweet. Are you sold yet? Are they? What, what if they I told of? you about the enamel <laughs> pin that it came with? Are you yeah. a big enamel pin guy? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I, I know that's that. a thing. There's like guys that put enamel pins on like their vests. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> you can get that, Aaron. That's 200, 200 euros. Yeah. It has uh, the, the switch version is 14% sold out. These guys, they know what they're doing, man, because the PlayStation 4 edition of this package completely sold out. They sold a thousand of these things at 200 euro a piece. That's 200,000 euros, Aaron. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, it's funny. When I was first introduced this, uh, to this, uh, particular, uh, sale, uh, I, I, I was typing as I read it, you know, it was in our Discord. And I typed a little and read more, and then I typed more and read more. And the more I read, the more angry I got. And <laughs> by the time I had finished typing, I was freaking out, screaming. I was like, you've got to be joking. I heard you uh, 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 kind of give this the business uh, with Neil on This Week in Retro. And I was like, I was like, yeah, because I, I would love to just sit here and cut a promo on how much I hate this. I hate it. And you know I hate it. Uh, I can't stand what they're doing. Uh, with now, this. what if they did the? What if they did a similar thing, but with something that you're really into, like wings like or something? No, no, I'm talking about outside the realm of video games. But what if it was like wrestling? And what if it was like Dusty Rhodes toenail clippings? No, no, like God, no. A lock of the nature's hair. No, none of that. Listen, it wouldn't appeal to you. Let's call this what it is. Okay, I mean, there's two ways to look at this. All right, these. First of all, charging putting these in two volumes is an overt money grab. Okay. Of course. There's no, there's no denying it. Okay. So the people that are, that are paying for this, and I'm sure there are many, I mean, listen, the Turrican series is very popular. All right. And this is not, that's nothing to do with Turrican or the awesome music. I believe the CDs are involved and whatnot, Mm -hmm. or even the little collectibles. But what these limited run uh, gaming companies are doing, and there's a bunch of these, their, their uh, business is built on people that are willing to pay any price to have these limited, uh, limited availability products. Okay, now mm-hmm. I would love to just sit here and kill the business and ki- and kill all the fans. I'm not going to, because if you've got the money and you have the inclination uh, to buy these, then the company is doing the right thing. So you can't. I can. I can get on them for maybe uh, hunting for a buck uh, uh, and sort of take advantage of people by doing these limited runs. I'm not even going to do that. 
this is one of those situations where someone's using you and you're allowing yourself to be used and money's exchanged. So it's all good. I mean, that's all I can say about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The whole sticker thing, you know, there's a new, this is the new thing. There's stickers and postcards, also there's stuff in there. And that's fine. I mean, that's great. You know, and, and heck, we even pitched for a, uh, the old, uh, 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 back when we very first started the show, the Defender of the Crown box, and it had you know postcards and all that jive in, it, and it was it was sort of pricey. So it's not like we've never jumped in on this. But at the end of the day, you know, if you've got the money for it and you want it bad enough, and you're willing to pay any price, you know, clearly there were thousands of people that did want this. So you know, more power to them. To me personally, I hate it. I hate I hate I hate what they do because it, to me it feels I feel like they're taking advantage of of collectors. And on the flip side of this, I think there's a lot of people out there that are speculators. So it'll be interesting because th- this sort of speculation killed comic books. And I wonder if it's going to have a, the same effect on collecting this stuff. I, I, collecting video games is such a huge, enormous business that I don't know if it will or not. So it may it may never. This may be going on for, for all the times. I don't know. I don't have any problem with any of the collectibles. I don't have a problem with the posters or any of that stuff. The biggest problem that I have with this is that they didn't give you the full package of games in one edition. You know, if they would have included all of the games and charged 50 pounds versus charging $34.99 for two volumes, that is a blatant attempt at a money grab. Because you know it's not like they didn't run out of space on the on the media, you know, to fit these on here. Well, so. That- you're right, but the, the, at the end of the day, that's at, at the end of the day, that's that part's irrelevant. Yeah, because if you're going to take people for a ride for the first batch, why not get them for the seventy euros instead of thirty five? I mean, that's well. At that point, you know, why not release a limited edition game for each one of these games? You know, collect them all, buy our all play sets and toys. You know, I just wonder how long, how far are we before the limited edition boxed Cuthbert set? Or some of these also rans like the Super Frog or, or the or the uh, James Pond Super Box also ran Super Frog. You know, you heard gold, it here first. the gold gold plated edition. You know, uh, uh, Turrican. I mean, I'll, again, they sold out. So, and Turrican's not what I would call a, like a, a universally loved series amongst everybody. Well, it's, it's a neat. European thing. I mean, you got to realize that over there, people just they view Turrican in a different way. Well, I like Turrican. I just no good at. It. But your, my point yeah. is, it's not like it's not like Sonic or something. You know, where well, you know not 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 it. here, but over there, I bet Turrican and Sonic are pretty pretty of gamers of a certain age that would buy something like a Turrican anthology. I bet the majority of them prefer Turrican to Sonic and think that Turrican's a bigger franchise. I hope, I sincerely hope this. I hope that the people that buy these, because they talk about this a lot on Pixel Gaiden, uh, and uh, Cody uh, jumps in on a lot of these. Because so, and that, these guys also will print stuff that isn't available in a physical form. You know, they'll get, so they can get people that want to actually own the physical, you know, item can have it. I hope these things hold their value, and uh, I hope people are happy with them. You know, and you know, and I also hope I someday I can have so much dis, uh, disposable income where I could just go crazy. <laughs> That's what I also I, hope. I, I mean, but I mean, let's be honest. I mean, both of us are not you know so poor that we couldn't buy this if we wanted to. But nothing about this. I don't think, I mean, is there any game that they could release that you would be like, yes, I will buy an ultra collector's edition that comes with all this stuff. Let's, I'm going to take Lionheart. Would you pay 200 euro for any package like this for any game? Like what if it was like wings and it was, what would, what would they have to include to make it worth 200 euro? I I would, I couldn't buy that uh, just because I can't afford it. 
You know, even if I, if I had all the money in the world, how much would it cost to get me to buy it? Like, what would they have to put in there? I, yeah. You know, I don't know. I, I, it's not something I would even consider, to be honest with you. I mean, uh, uh, I've got I've got a lot of box games up here. Some people have sent me great games, and I've bought some and got some deals, you know, and I'm happy with them and stuff, but I'm just not that avid a collector. You know, and I, I can't think of anything that I collect that bad that I want that badly. You know, but I mean, some people there just are definitely are on a different level. I think there, there's definitely other things. Like I've paid I've paid two hundred bucks for collectibles before, but in terms of a video game that they package up with a bunch of junk, I don't think that there's a video game that I like that much that I could ever feel like I'd want for two hundred for two hundred euros. What did you buy? That Maybe was I'm wrong. Maybe I'll think of one money. later, but. Yeah. What did you it's, buy? It's a lot of money. It's almost as much as that Socrates bundle you bought. No, oh, yeah. What? Oh, please don't get don't bring that up. What did you <laughs> buy that you paid two hundred dollars for? I don't know. I'm looking around the basement right now. I don't know. Maybe you're right. Maybe I never have paid two hundred dollars for any any collectible. I mean, that is what's a lot the of most money. you played for? Like one of those NES box games. Oh, I don't know, fifty bucks. Right. So I mean, there's a there's yeah. a limit there, and some people. I, listen, I, I everyone gets mad at a lot of people that try to make money, or even people that buy and resell like PlayStation stuff at Christmas time, you know. And they're like, "Oh, you're screwing the community." Now, listen, if there's a market for it, I, I you know, go out and get paid. That's always That's right. the way I look. It's at capitalism, it, baby. You know? That's how it works. <clears throat> but I mean, makes personally, personally, I'm offended. <laughs> but but <laughs> it, professionally, I salute them. Yeah, yeah. All right, Aaron. Our last story of the week was revealed by the one and only Retro Man Cave exclusively on his YouTube channel. Oh, yes. Uh, this thing has taken off like a shot. He had Stephen Jones on, Stephen Jones of the Ami Hybrid fame, of the Checkmate fame. And I had a feeling that something like this might have been coming along. Uh, mm-hmm. Stephen Jones was brought on to announce a new case for the Ami Hybrid, which I believe is a Raspberry Pi with Linux functionality, you can load up AmiBerry and, and go between Linux and um, and and an Amiga environment, and uh, you can uh, basically it's a little case that looks sort of like an Amiga three thousand. Yep, uh, that's definitely the look that he's going for. It is a complement to the Checkmate case. It doesn't replace the Checkmate case. He's going to continue to make both, um, and uh, this thing is. Um, yeah, it's going to exist. It's going to have a crowdfunding campaign uh, that has not launched yet. Uh, and it's a little case for your Raspberry Pi. Aaron, what well, do you think about this thing? It, it's more than that. Uh, okay. In fact, it's not that. I mean, really. Uh, Tell so, me, what is it? Okay, I, I watched I watched this whole thing, so I was interested. Because I knew, okay. much like yourself, Boatster, I had a feeling there was the the Amy hybrid was not the whole enchilada here, right? Uh, because he's coming off a major success, and I will say the uh, uh, the uh, o- the old case is, is he's finishing up, so I, there, I don't think they're making any more. This it's almost done. Uh, so this new case will, uh, from what I read, will they it will function as a uh, a case for like a micro uh, X, like a, one of those very small PC motherboards. Yeah, micro micro ATX, right. Uh, and so, I mean, and I'm assuming a pie would go in there as well, but that's it, functionally that. And one of the things he's doing is this, uh, this, uh, I had to say was surprising to me. Apparently he struck a deal with Edu or Edward, whatever his name is, the guy that makes the Unamiga and they're going to mm-hmm. bundle something, uh, cased up in this thing. That's something mm. interesting. Uh, it's yeah. in fact, it's going to be an Unamiga in one of these cases and it's going to be a specifically okay. made to fit the case. 
Uh, so oh. it will be different than the Unamiga I've got that goes in the 500. This will be a right, right. Uh, one that especially fits. Yes, ITX. Thank you, Jason. Uh, it'll be made to especially fit this case. Interesting, because what you could effectively do at that point, uh, much like the Vampire guys, is effectively you're selling it, uh, your own sort of Amiga uh, at that sure. point. Um, I didn't realize that. I I, uh, I I I skipped around this video a little bit. There's a lot of him going back into the software. This is as much about the Ama Hybrid yeah. uh, software as it is about the case. He didn't really touch um, on that aspect that much. So don't feel bad. I mean, it was just it was just sort of in there a couple of times. It wasn't like he went mm-hmm. on and on about it. But talk- that is, I mean, that does make it a lot more uh, a lot more attractive to me, at least. You know, if yeah. they can bundle an Unamiga with this case and make it an attractive price point, then this seems like it would be the Amiga to have because let's be honest the original checkmate case with an Unamiga inside of it is major overkill at least well, in my opinion well the here's the here's the interesting thing about this so uh, the Unamiga part aside that's interesting and uh, uh the the case is you're you're going into you're leaving the realm of the Amiga uh enthusiast and you're sort of entering the realm of the PC right because with these uh ITX cases many ITX so and there are, I looked, because I was having a conversation, I think, with Rushi on Discord, and and I there are a lot more cases available, as you can imagine, that will house a, a board like that than just Steven's case. It's not like the Amiga situation where you're pretty much boned. Uh, the, there's a lot more competition. So, for me, this case is interesting. The price will be key. Uh, he can't, They can't go crazy on the price of this thing like that. I mean, they can, and maybe he'll have... Stevens earned a lot of goodwill and rightfully so because the case was so awesome. But I don't, I mean, I, I'll be interested to see how many of these he makes and how many people get pre-orders because a PC case, there's a ton of PC cases that'll, that'll fit those. Boards. Couldn't you make the same argument for the checkmate though? I mean, the checkmate will house a regular uh, PC board as well, right? but it it holds an Amiga and that's the key. You know, there's not, you can't go out and go, you can't go to like Amazon and order a new Amiga case. You know mm, where you can, you mm. know, you get, you get where I'm coming from yeah, here. I see what you're saying. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I think I think the uh, the deal with uh, uh, Edu is excellent from Aaronette because, like I said, you know, I love my uh, uh, an Amiga, and mm-hmm. uh, I think that's an interesting. I like anytime we get a new Amiga that's sort of out there, and I say new, but you know what I mean, functionally an Amiga, yeah. and it will yeah. from what from what Steven said on the show, it sounds exactly like what I've got, which is the. Uh, you know, a 25 megahertz, you know, uh, basically almost like an Amiga 3000 speed with the AGA. Perfect. All right. That's what everybody needs. Uh, the fact that he's uh, he's just now released. He sent a video out this week uh, displaying uh, the Unamiga playing MSX stuff. So they're finishing the cores up and they're getting ready to ship these out soon. I am so excited to yeah. see you uh, to see you go to town with that thing. When you fire up that thing and you're playing like ZX Spectrum next games on it. Yeah. That is going to be well, that's going to be a sight to if, behold. If you if so, here's the pitch. Here's a new custom case with a new custom board in it that plays all your mm-hmm. Amiga stuff plus Commodore sixty four, uh, Spectrum, and MSX. That's a, that's a heck of a bargain. Oh, by the way, it's got Wi Fi. You know, then you got something right. right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Retro is kidding, into man. Chad. He mentions here that Stephen told him that the build cost is lower than the last checkmate, which I would gather it would be. But I, you know, I wondered how much because. Just because it's it's slightly smaller, you know, we all know that manufacturing, especially today, could be wacky, yeah. you know. So that doesn't necessarily mean it would come down that much. I suspect he'll, he'll I would come down uh, as much as possible to try to move these things. 
but uh, we'll see. We'll have to see how it goes. I a have a feeling that if, if you're expecting this thing to be half the price of the Checkmate case, you're going to be sorely disappointed no. because well, you know, making something a quarter smaller than the original thing isn't going to make it a quarter cheaper. Cor- That's not how manufacturing works. Right, but get you know? this boat. And here's why I think it'll be more. It'll be it could be down a half. And here's why. One of the things that made the original Checkmate case so expensive was the modular aspect of it. All the different plates, all the different wacky stuff you had to buy to fit in whatever Amiga or Pi or whatever you want to put in it. This should not need any of that. It's I, I mean, because they can make the board to fit the case. And since it's a mini ITX case, it should be manufactured specifically for that design. So, I don't know because if if they're going to put the the Unamiga, you know, a special Unamiga is not going to have the same backplate as a mini ITX board it or can. a Raspberry Pi. It can it can have it can I thought it can have the same backplate. I mean, the Edu can make it however he wants, so that's not a problem. Uh, uh, I think I think they can make this thing significantly cheaper. Half. Okay. I think that's all right. That's well, we'll it. definitely keep an eye on this project and uh, let yeah. you know as soon as the uh, the Kickstarter launches. I do wish Stephen the best. He's a very nice guy. Yeah. Um. All, all the all the times that I've had a chance to talk to him just over email, uh, I, he's he's just been a super super great guy, and uh, we we wish him the best for sure. The I will say before we cut off on this, the the hybrid, the Amy hybrid, and he's hoping to get Amiga hybrid. I guess he's trying to work out a deal with whoever you work out a deal with the name Amiga on. Uh, but again, okay. This and one- and uh, Neil comments in the chat that the end of October he understands is going to be the Kickstarter date. Right, thanks, thanks, so. Neil. Uh, I, the the uh, Amy hybrid again, but I don't know if it's something me and you would ever use. I'm still sort of lost on the overall. I mean, I could get what he's saying that Raspberry Pi is a super fast Amiga. I mean, I got mm-hmm. that. But uh, uh, and with the it's Linux, beyond us. Well, it's I mean, you can, he's you can use an Amiga. And, oh, by the way, you can flip over to Linux. I mean, it's running dual. Right. Well, that's it's great. It's for people that do do stuff other than play games. That's on their right. Amiga. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But it looked it looked interesting. I mean, I will say, yeah, but the case absolutely. was the big, the big thing for me. You know what else is interesting, Aaron? No, it's the wheel. What? That's just one of your that's what that's one of your patented <laughs> awesome segues that you use in ARG. <laughs> that's true. Let's talk about Pac Mania. Let's talk about it, Boat. Let me get my oh, my little sheet here. Oh, so, geez. We didn't now, even see that. Now, let me ask you a question, Boat. And I like to ask these little questions. Have you ever played Pac-Mania in the arcade? That's an excellent question. Yeah. And I am quite sure that I never have. Okay. I, I, I And don't feel bad. I'm not surprised. Uh, I have played it in the arcade. I actually saw... And I, I, I remember when this came out. And I was so disappointed... <laughs> When it came out, because I, I remember thinking this looks, this is real goofy looking. I, it was hard, and you've got to put yourself in my spot here, where we'd never seen a Pac-Man that looked like this. Uh, it was weird. You know, it was it was a whole mm-hmm. different thing than what we were. Even Super Pac-Man had the same, you know, you know, angles. You know, yeah. You, it's you still know. this is this is the first time Pac-Man has been seen from the from the top down, as it were. Well, it's weird because top down Pac-Man is always top down, but he's always viewed from the side. This, it's a weird kind of melding of this dimensions. This is like if Pac-Man, Pac-Man if they were like if someone on the spectrum was like, listen, we've got to design a Pac-Man game, right? You know, that's absolutely. what it reminds me Isometric, one hundred percent. So, uh, I want to get into the the arcade game just a smidge before we get into the Amiga version. So, uh, this was released. Uh, this was released in Japan uh, in '87. It's funny. The I was surprised how quickly the home versions of this came out, and it was also released in North America and Europe in '87. So you're talking a year after release, and this was already uh, coming back to coming home. Um, Pac-Mania was popular. It, it was nominated for Best Coin-Op Conversion of the Year. 
So that means that's across all the, uh, all, you know, all the different consoles and platforms. So that was a pretty good popular. Uh, it's they sold fourteen hundred and twelve arcade cabinets, and grossed about two point eight two million dollars. So it did okay. You know, it was nowhere. It wasn't in the same ballpark as uh, the well, other. Well, you got to realize that you know the original Pac Man uh, came out, I believe, in nineteen eighty, because I think Miss Pac Man was nineteen eighty one. And I think, yeah, um, I think you got it. I think that's right. I could be off by a year yeah. here or there, but by 1987, the arcade world had definitely moved beyond the top-down maze game. So they were trying to bring Pac-Man into the new generation, and th- this was their attempt to do it. Yeah, and 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 so so I would say I I would term the the arcade version moderately successful. All right, we'll go there. And I will say it did look good. I remember playing it a few times, but it was not one I would I went back to. You know, back in the day, so. We flash forward to 1988, and here we go. Uh, this starts coming home. This got released on a slew of, uh, I mean, just so many things. I'm not going to go through all these, but it's the usual suspects. Your Acorn Archimedes, the Amstrads, the Apple, iPhone, the Atari ST, C64s, uh, the MSXs, the Game Boy Advance got it, the uh, NES. Have you played the NES, mm-hmm. by the way? I did. I played the I played the NES version. I'll talk a little bit about okay, it good, later good. on. Uh, PC Windows, the Master System. Uh, the Genesis, the, the uh, 68,000, uh, all the Sinclair Spectrums. Uh, and it was also part of many packages that released for all the, you know, future consoles, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, this was uh, this was developed by Teak, right? T-E-Q-U-E. But I read, it's funny, at the bottom of the line of the notes on uh, Hall of Light, it said this was developed by uh, um, Chrysalis for Teak. So I guess they, I don't know if they sub- I guess they developed it for the developer. I guess that's how that worked. Yeah, uh, subcontract. Yeah, yeah that, subcontract. Yeah. Thank you, Boat. Um, this was the artist on this was a guy named Pete Harap. Uh, the coder was Sean Hollingworth. Uh, the graphics were done by Jason Wilson, and the music by uh, Ben Daglish. Of course, we know him. And uh, this was a, uh, you know, it was. Uh, I would say they these guys didn't have a huge. Uh, they didn't do much on the Amiga, except Ben Daglish, we know him, but the rest of them, I don't think they did anything else. Uh, and they're the ones that put this together. So let's talk about what is Pac-Mania. Uh, I'm trying to think the best. Why don't you describe this boat? You're better at this sort of thing than I am. How would you describe this to someone so who didn't you, know If you was? take uh, Pac-Man and you tilt it a three quarters, you know, perspective, tilt, if you tilt the table part way up, as it were, and you allow all of the characters to be seen rendered in, in three dimensions... Uh, you alter the maze design to give uh, different settings. Uh, one maze setting looks like it's made up of Lego blocks. One maze setting is made up of uh, what look like uh, neon lights or the original Pac-Man maze. Um, and you give Pac-Man the ability to jump. Uh, what you have is Pac-Mania. That's it in a nutshell. That's it. That's that's pretty much that sums it up quite nicely. Um it's rendered quite well. I, I loaded up the arcade version of this and then uh, tried the Amiga version. And, uh, boy, the Amiga version is, is really nice. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I thought it looks nice. I like the uh, I like the way it comes up. I like the way it's the, the levels start. I like the way, I mean, of course, it's got the selectable uh, level thing, which I always enjoy. That, you know, that, that is one, uh, you know, another difference between this and the, uh, I think any Pac-Man game, I don't think that there's any other Pac-Man game that lets you take a bonus to start at a higher difficulty level. 
Yeah, and it, that that is. Uh, I like not having to drudge through all the boring parts to get to the. I fast wish more part. games did that. Yeah. yeah, and that was something that sort of happened. If you think about like. Uh, I think Gallopus and some others where they would just say, listen, you could like, for example, you could start with the, both the ships right now, instead of having to go out and get mm-hmm. them, you know, there were mm-hmm. occasionally you would see a game that would give you uh, the ability to skip over the, you know, the lower level stuff. So I always like that. Um, the, uh, I thought the sounds and this was good. Uh, the, the music was good. I mean, I would often turn it off, but it was good. Uh, the, uh, uh, the sound effects on Pac-Man were good. And I thought the graphics on this, I mean, uh, yes, it was a good conversion, but I mean, they did the little things that I, that worked for me. And I'll give you an example of what I mean. Uh, when Pac-Man jumps up in the air, he sort of, he sort of bounces when he lands. You know what I mean? Just a mm-hmm. little bounce. They didn't have yeah. to do that, but that, that I like that, you know, that makes it. It's that, funny because I, I, you know, I've played, even though I've never played this in the arcade, I've played the crap out of this at home and on, on my main machine. And even when I first got into main pack mania yeah. was a game that I played a lot. Really? Um, and I was amazed at how good the Amiga is. I mean, you should never be amazed that uh, the Amiga can do a quality arcade conversion of a game like this because yeah. the Amiga has got some jack. Yeah. But no. as we've seen with so many arcade conversions, sometimes that they, you know, that something gets lost in this game. Nothing was lost. I mean, everything is here. It's a, uh, it's a, it's a very, very good conversion. I'd go so far to say that this might be the most accurate arcade conversion of any game that we've played on the Amiga. It's it's got to be very close. How did you think this matched up with the arcade version in terms of the speed of play? I felt like now one thing that I probably should have done that I didn't do was go back and play the arcade version yeah. uh, again to compare. When you start playing this game and you're used to playing Miss Pac-Man, it's going to seem like Mr. Pac-Man is drudging through molasses because yeah. it, it, it starts out very, very slow. Yeah. Um. I can't remember if the arcade game does that or not. Um, It it seemed like the arcade game moved faster, but I could be wrong. Yeah, I I thought this moved uh, a little, a touch slower than the arcade. But the the speed of this game is one of my the gripes I have against it. And this, uh, when I talk about my gripes, I want to go on record that this conversion is top shelf. So they, I think they took what they had in the arcade and converted it was great. Uh, That said, uh, in this. Much like the arcade version, I hate I hate the speed of this. It's so it's it's plotting, I guess would be the best way to put it. Now it does there are you can pick up stuff that make you go a little bit faster uh, for a little while, but when you're coming off of playing a game like uh, the Turbo Miss Pac Man or the uh, or Super Pac Man where you just fly like a maniac, this just seems so slow. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you and the ghosts are some of the ghosts range from about the same speed of you to some of them are mega fast. And right. they can, they've got closing speed. And so you've got to be able to outmaneuver them. Uh, something else about this game that always, it troubled me. Again, all these complaints go directly from this to the arcade. The, I always had trouble knowing where I was at on the maze. Uh, the maze is sort of scroll and they, well, they don't sort of scroll. They do scroll. And I, I always would get confused as where I was. I almost wanted to see like a, some radar or something like mm-hmm. Rally X, you know, where I could mm-hmm. at least get an idea of where exactly I was at. Did you have that trouble? Yeah, yeah. I think that that is one of uh, the main faults of any maze game that scrolls is that you're just you're you're going to get disoriented and you're going to get lost. Yeah. Um, I think that given enough practice time, 
you can become familiar with these stages and, and decrease that. But it is a shock coming from a game like the rest of the Pac-Man games where you can always see the whole maze unless you were used to playing it on the on the Genesis. On the Mega Drive version of Miss Pac-Man, the screen does scroll and yeah. it is annoying and stupid. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, that is it. I, I, I would have preferred some way to see where you were on the screen for sure. Yeah. Now, I will say this and you bring you bring that Miss Pac-Man up. I prefer this to the, I don't, I never liked that kind of scrolling on, on a game, right? I mean, I understand why they did it, but I'll, I will say, I, I like that. I mean, this game is very much like the arcade and this is the way the arcade did it. And I, I like that. And one thing about this, you mentioned, and you're right, the more you play it, you get used to it. And you realize early on that the boards aren't ex- as huge as they feel. Yes, you know, and very that, true. And that's mm-hmm. something that took me a long time to understand because they just seem so immense. They just like these go on forever. You know, it's because you have no there. You have no point to look at and and like they could even put a flag anywhere on the screen, so you could say, okay, the flag's all the way to the right, the flag's all the way to the left. Okay, this is as far as I can. That this is I'm seeing the end of the screen here. Uh, but it, it so it just looks like it just almost goes on infinitely. I can't tell you how many times I'd eat the last dot, and it'd be like, "Good job!" And I thought, "Man, I did I miss a whole section? You know mm-hmm. what's going? You know, you know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about? Uh, yeah. I have no idea how many power pellets there is. I think there. I don't know if there's like I never was sure how many dots or power pellets there were on each level. It would uh, have been not. It would have been a nice touch. You know, I could probably is it would be really tough to do a radar that would be meaningful yeah. uh, on a, on a game like this. But what I would have liked to have seen is a counter of how many pellets are left on the screen, just so you could get an idea of, you know, what was left. Uh, I think that would have been a good touch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, these are, these are problems that we had with, that would have been the exact same in the arcade. Uh, the jumping in this is fine. Uh, I will say, that the ghosts I found difficult. One thing I don't like, I didn't like this in arcade, is that the ghosts can just literally stop the way they're going and go back the way they came. You know, just completely. Well, yeah. And well, that's hard. That's that's, That's that's hard to deal with when you're jumping. It's funny that this game is funny to me because so here they they give you a Pac-Man game. They give you the ability to jump and you think to yourself, man, I'm going to crush this game. You know, that's what you would think. But there are many more ghosts. And they and they move more erratically than I'm used to, and it really does. I will say the ghosts and the size of the level sort of equal out with the jumping, so I don't feel like you're at any great advantage with having jumped. Exactly, and, you know. I agree with you. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and of course, this is made to get quarters, so it ain't easy. But I did. I will say I found myself getting much much better as the as the weeks ran on because we've been playing this in the uh, uh, Amigos Discord High Score Challenge. Uh, for uh, gosh, it's been a, a good while now, like a month maybe. A month, and, yeah, yeah. And I've just, but I came in late uh, to the challenge because uh, I tried to play it right when it started, and I got so mad I quit for a long. Time. I was like, screw this. But I, I wanted to give this thing its proper due, and so I, I will say I started enjoying this game because I was coming in here to kill this game. I'll be honest with you, because I never liked it, but I did start enjoying it more as I improved at it and understand and had a better grasp of how the levels work. We should mention there are like uh, several different levels. It's when you first start, you could pick from three of the four difficulty levels, and the fourth one is unselectable. So you have to you have to go at least from the third level to the fourth level. Uh, they all have different uh, sort of tile sets or backgrounds. Uh, the, uh, there's a sort of a neon one. There's one that's like has like little spikes. The very first level is like Lego, and the last mm-hmm. level it's almost like it's raised, you know, like on like mm-hmm. little platforms. 
So right. they, they they're they're radically different looking too, aren't they, Bode? Yeah, the, you know, one of the th- I guess I should just tell you about how I feel about this game. Yeah, I please. think we've we've reached the time. Okay, what makes a game good? Okay, what makes a game good is when you have variety, and what this game gives you is variety. Uh, you know, every level looks totally different than the level that came before it. Uh, I liked all of the different designs of the levels. I thought they all looked unique and fun. Uh, they, they made me happy to traverse them. Uh, I like the fact that um, the music changes every round. Yes. You know, let's talk about the music in Miss Pac-Man, huh? Miss Pac-Man fans, how's that music? Right. So those <laughs> two things your alone. Way to bury Ms. Pac-Man fans? <laughs> those two things alone. Uh, you know, put me on the side of this. And and that's the way I am with, with a lot of games. You know, if a game has varied graphics and I'm not in it and I'm, and I'm doing, of course it's Pac-Man, you're going to be doing the same thing. You're eating pellets and you're eating ghosts and whatever, but they, they, they put a degree of change in between the levels that really, really made me happy. Another thing that I like is I just like the 3d rendered characters. I thought they did a good job of making these guys come to life and come off the flat paper. I agree. And they could have botched Um, that easily because this is the first time that Pac-Man appeared like this, as far as I know. And it actually, you don't feel like you're playing another guy. You feel like it's still Pac-Man. That's important. Right. Right. Uh, I like the addition of the ghost movement, you know, that the ghost can shift mid midway through a movement. I like the idea of the purple ghost just being ultra fast. So yeah, that, that even though jerk. the game it, it, at its lower levels, the game moves slowly. Yeah. The purple ghost is always a threat, always a threat. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, the, the speed up thing, you know, there's none of that in, in Miss Pac-Man. You're moving the same speed all the time, all the time, you know? Uh, so that was cool. I like that. This game does a lot of things really well. Yeah. Uh, I am, I am a, it's really hard for me to go back and play Pac-Man or Miss Pac-Man. Um, I am not a big fan of either, to be honest with you. I think that they both get incredibly boring really quickly um, because you're just doing the same thing over and over again. The game just gets faster and harder. There is no variety to what you do. Um, and this game added what I thought was always missing from Miss Pac-Man. Now, of course, Super Pac-Man is a totally different thing. You could say that Super Pac-Man is the uh, is the is the apex of the traditional 2D Pac-Man game because they added a lot of cool stuff there too. Although people hated um, it. <laughs> well, I you know, it. again, yeah. it's the same. It, there, it, I have a feeling that people that like like your brother that like Miss Pac-Man, it's because they've played thousands and thousands and thousands of games of Miss Pac-Man. And when a game comes along that's a Pac-Man game that's not Miss Pac-Man and acts different, then they're going to react with hate and, and fear. So I, I think that that's what's happened here. <laughs> I'll pass that along. Um, so, um, but at any rate, uh, I thought this was a great arcade conversion. This is a game that I like anyway, so I'm biased towards it. Uh, again, I can't oversell the the I can't undersell the music. The music's fantastic. Ben Daglish, rest in peace. Great job. Um, and uh, you know, I wish there were more games like this. I wish this is not my favorite Pac-Man game. My favorite Pac-Man game is Pac-Man Championship Edition DX, which is great. Not to yeah. the original. It's really good. Uh, that game, which a lot of Miss Pac-Man fans, guess what? They hate it too. It's a totally different game, but uh, I, I love it. I can't get enough of it. So anyway, uh, Pac-Mania, big win from me. 
it's this game is is a Pac-Man game through and through, but doesn't feel like Pac-Man. I, I'm much like yourself. I was never a big fan of the original, and I liked Miss Pac-Man just because it was so much different. You got to understand that at the time, you're like, wow, this is a much better game than Pac-Man. And but it wasn't much different. I mean, it was better than Pac-Man. Well, no more, question. But it had it sounded better. It looked better. It had better. It had better mazes that changed. And then eventually, when they had the turbo button hack. That made it much, much better. But I, mm-hmm. I, I was still not like a mega fan. I mean, like I said, Super Pac-Man was my game of that series. That much said, uh, much like how Super Pac-Man doesn't really feel like you're playing a Pac-Man game, this doesn't really feel exactly like you're playing the original Pac-Man either. And it's, it's, it's a good thing. Uh, they, they, they did everything that uh, they did. They, this was not an easy thing to do, you know, to go to this sort of angle and stuff. I think they did a good job. I like the ghost that jump. I think that's co- that's kind of neat because that seems fair. Get a ghost in there that mm-hmm. can jump. Uh, right. I like the fact they added a bunch of different like goodies to get it in the center instead of just the cherries. Like there's coffee in there, a bunch of the crazy stuff. I like the speed up thing. I wish there was a way to just play this thing on speed up all the time. That would make it a lot more fun for me. But I, you know, I, I appreciate this game for what it is, and I have to say I have I have grown to to appreciate it more. Uh, now than I did when I first started playing it. So I'll give this game some credit. Um, I wasn't the only one that kind of dug this. I looked through some of the scores here. You know, this I was surprised, uh, Boat, because uh, I've read a lot of positive comments on this, uh, on like the Lemon voters and whatnot. But the score on this was uh, 7.78, which that seems low to me, especially on Lemon. Uh, I mean, the, the only thing I can think of, and I didn't look at the lemon scores for this one, yeah. is that maybe people just don't like this game. Because if you yeah, don't like Pac-Mania, and there's a lot of people that don't like it, yeah. then you're just going to rate it low. And I would have buried it, too, really, until I sat down and really started getting into it. Um, Amiga Computing uh, gave this an 85. Uh, AUI gave this 8 out of 10. Uh, Commodore User gave it a 72. ST slash Amiga format gave this an 80. So you see a trend here, both. This is, and much like the Lemon people, this is getting sort of that around 80% score. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, and this was pretty early, 88. Not to, you know, I'm surprised this didn't score better. But like you said, it must have just strictly been, because I mean, literally, aside from the fact that stuff we talked about, it's got the cut scenes. It's got a cool opening screen. I mean, it's yeah. got it's got a lot of panache. It's not just like they threw something in, you know. Right. So, so right. I, uh, I think they could have done better. What'd you get on the Discord on this thing, Boatster? Oh, we got a lot of reviews this week. Uh, we're going to start things off with the one and only Duncan Styles. He says, a game equally addictive and frustrating. Jumping over a ghost only to have it change direction beneath you is annoying, yes. but not as annoying as the speed of the purple ghost on later levels. <laughs> I wanted to throw my controller out the window several times. I feel as though the collision detection at corners could use a tweak as you can't get around a corner when a ghost is on your heels. That being said, it's smooth. Looks good, sounds like Pac-Man, and begs you to beat your high score. Eight out of ten. <laughs> there it is. Frodo and L writes, a pseudo 3D Pac-Man that actually works. Very addictive, fast, nice graphics. The sound you would expect from a Pac-Man game. It's kind of like the sound you would expect from the ZX Spectrum. Mm. What more could one want? Great game that I would have dismissed completely were it not for it being on the show and the high score challenge. Eight out of ten. That's awesome. That's why we do the high score I challenge. I love that, yeah. Dave Velociraptor writes, in the arcade, this was an acceptable refresh of a seminal game. The Amiga version is a worthy port. Seven out of ten. Yep. Lord Soup writes, it's jumpy Pac-Man. No more. But Pac-Man's gameplay is aged well. Seven out of ten. Bomb, the base, writes, a fairly nice 3D take on an all-time classic. 
I have fond memories playing the original as a kid on various platforms, so I was hopeful. Remakes don't always live up to the original, but in all honesty, it's pretty playable with decent enough graphics and those familiar sounds we love. The only real negative I could find was that it goes from fairly easy to very hard in a matter of minutes, which leaves you frustrated and in two minds whether to have another go or not. Not as good as the original, but still an enjoyable game. 7 out of 10. Graham W. Vebke writes, When Ms. Pac-Man is your all-time favorite arcade machine, oh, here we go, and you did not enjoy the arcade version of Pac-Mania at all. There's two strikes against it. This is going to be a tough ask. A strange isometric perspective, and with Pac-Man's ability to jump, ultimately both low-value gimmicks and a difficulty level that skyrockets after level one makes this painful to play. Points for the music, but the music on the C64 version is better. Oh, interesting. And also for giving Shift-P as an option to pause the game for those who want to endure this torture. I will continue to play Miss Pac-Man and avoid this. Three out of ten. So, Graham Berkey. Not a a good review from Graham this week. Flack writes, Midway spent nearly a decade tweaking Pac-Man's formula in order to keep it relative. They added lipstick and a bow in Ms. Pac-Man, merged it with pinball in Baby Pac-Man, promoted him to superhero status in Super Pac-Man, and turned the franchise into a side-scroller in Pac-Land. In 1987's Pac-Mania, Namco dragged our flat, pizza-shaped hero into the third dimension. In 1987, Pac-Man felt almost like virtual reality. It wasn't the first game to use an isometric point of view, but there was something amazing about looking at a game we had known only in two dimensions fleshed out. See Super Mario 64. The Amiga port is loyal to the arcade version, especially considering it fit on a floppy disk. While Pac-Mania has aged well, certain things like a limited maze view and rapidly increasing difficulty don't stand up to modern games. Seven out of ten cherries. Chris Folds writes, a very good port of the arcade game. It's a shame that the arcade game is a bit dull, lacking the frantic and energetic feel of the original, making this an accurate port of a boring arcade game. Five out of ten. Paul, a.k.a. Hermski, writes, a Herm Firm, 9 out of 10. I have admiration for any developer that can take one of the first ever games, refreshing it completely for a more modern gaming era without misplacing any of its originality and charm. Pac-Mania ticks all the boxes where that's concerned. It makes me wonder where else Pac-Man can take us. As with the original, it's a game you can play instantly wherever you have the little bit of spare time. Overall, an attractive fun game whilst holding on to a bit of Pac-Man nostalgia. Pixels at Dawn writes, Quite possibly the best arcade port on the Amiga. Not only does it capture the magic of the arcade, but it uses the full Amiga PAL resolution to increase the visible size of the playfield over the arcade original. Let's stop right there, Aaron. Hmm. Listen to that. I didn't know that. The Amiga resolution is higher than the arcade version, so you can actually see more of the map on the Amiga version than you can the arcade version. Isn't that wild? It's funny because I just played both back to back when I first started fooling with this thing and I didn't even notice that. Uh, yeah, you know, but I will say I do better at this than I do in the arcade. So that maybe that's why hey, he goes on to say really smooth gameplay, a decent graphical style and great music unite to create a uniquely charming game. Not sure. I prefer this over the original Pac-Man. You can be a little sluggish at times and not seeing the whole play field at once removes some of the strategy, but still a truly great game. 8.5 out of 10. Who was that one from? And finally, that was from picks picks thumbs up very well done sir jason warns writes delightful seven out of ten <laughs> there you go now did you look this thing up on ebay aaron i sure did boaster uh pickings were slim my friend mm. i did find uh a, a 
this came in apparently a, a smallish box. It's called a mini box boat. Uh, this, really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, well, I mean, at least someone has one that came like that. It may have came in. Uh, who knows how many boxes? Uh, but th- there's one in you in the UK right now for fifty three bucks. Your mileage may vary on the price, and I didn't see a lot of these having been sold. So I don't know if they. I I, I would wonder. You would think a, pro- a title like this would have sold okay because it looks so nice, but you know, maybe it didn't. I don't know. Right. Well, that's going to do it for this week's show. Uh, of course, we want to actually before we before we hang things up, Aaron. We would be remiss if we did not sum up the winners of the Amigos High Score Challenge for this month. That's me, we right? Have two High Score Challenges ending this week. Uh, we're going to do the Amiga one first, and then we've got to talk about the uh, ZX Spectrum High Score Challenge. So I will flip the screen back over to here, and uh, we, we reveal congratulations, a big Amigos congratulations to the one, the only, BarkBit. BarkBit demolished the composition uh, with a score almost twice as much as the second-place finisher. BarkBit scored 1,424,480 points. An absolutely unbelievable score yeah. from BarkBit. Well done. We Mark. want to congratulate uh, Pixels, or not Pixels, I'm sorry, Picard 2010 for coming in second place and Bomb the Base coming in third. Uh, but we thank all of our participants, Frodo and L, Duncan Styles, me, Paul, a.k.a. Hermski, Mitsuyama, and down there at the bottom, now, Aaron, is this is this your your latest score? Or no, did you, did that's you score not back? my latest score. Actually, and I don't. I may have entered my score past the deadline, but if you'll allow, if you'll indulge me, so I can save face, I did send in my last score, and it was a score. Uh, it looks of like fifty thousand one hundred twenty-seven thousand one hundred eighty vote. Three hundred sixty-seven thousand. So yeah. that would have put you where in our list here? Uh, I've lost the thing. There it is. Three hundred sixty-four thousand. So that would have put you in uh, in eighth place. Hey, so you you I'd moved move up. up. One. Thank you. Yeah, I'm learning now. I'm learning. <laughs> yeah, well, you definitely beat your your first score of twenty-nine thousand. So that's something to be yeah. proud of. We want to shift over to the ZX Spectrum High Score Challenge and uh, see who ended up on top this week. This week's or this month's game was ping pong. Konami's ping pong. Mitsuyama squeaked out a first place finish with a score of 46,020 with Steve Rasmussen in second and Frodo NL in third. Of course, we want to thank all our participants, including Pixels at Dawn and Robertson 1107. Well done, all and sundry. I'm going to try uh, this that. Week's, this, uh, this month's high score challenge is going to be Street Hawk. Aaron, I know you're a big Street Hawk fan. Street You're going to have to be all up in this. Oh, my God. You better believe it. Street Hawk. What an awesome show that was. The bike can fly boat. Yeah. I've never seen Street Hawk before. I should oh, check dude. it out. And uh, with the high score challenge on Amigos, we have a new one coming up. Oh, my gosh. It's going to be uh, Pipe Mania. That's your, this that's is your one jam, I am bro. definitely going to be because I love Pipe Mania. This is a game that I learned to love. Uh, as we covered it on the show, sort of like you in uh, in Pac Mania. It's funny; these are both Mania games. Uh, at first, I did not like Pipe Mania, but then I once I figured out what I was doing, I, I love Pipe Mania. That's so, a fun game. Awesome, fun game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
All right. Uh, so again, thank you to all of our high score participants. If you want to get in on the action, all you got to do is join our Discord. You can do that by supporting us through Patreon, through PayPal, or by subscribing to our channel on Twitch. Uh, just $1 a month gets you in on the action. Speaking of our Twitch subscribers, Aaron, I'm going to flip back over to our main scene here. Uh, we want to thank the following folk. Uh, we want to thank Buck Owens, Lamatsta, Real Joe the Zombie, Jost80, Rushi MSX, Picard2010, Demoto Wylak, GoToGoSub, Diver, David Zin, PHX, Pixels at Dawn Gaming, Macintosh Librarian, Old B Sturgeon, Retro Jerry, Jigglebox, Mitsuyama, Frodo and L, and Wing Chun Wolf. Thank you all so much for subscribing to our channel on Twitch. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Now, Aaron, yes, last sir. week on the Amigos High Score Challenge, we had one of the... Oh, before we get into that, Aaron, actually, we want to wish a very happy birthday to the following folks. Chris Folds, Ricky DeRocher, and Still Adolescent. So, they were born at happy the exact right time. Right around when I was born. To all you guys, Beautiful. yeah. And if there was anybody I missed, Discord folks, uh, if your birthday is coming up with, between now and the next show, uh, let me know, and I'll make sure and give you a shout-out. Happy birthday, guys. We hope you had a great one. You could be like Marty uh, Brenneman. You know? Yeah, yeah. The the 100-year-old, or who was the, uh, who Willard Scott? Special that was his stick special too. anniversary notice for Joan and Bob Smith. God bless them. That's what did you know that now. I saw Willard Scott in person one time? Really? Why? It was one of the greatest moments of my life. He was at Cleveland Clinic. I was up there getting work done on my feet. Uh-huh. And uh there he was across the crowded room. Did you talk we met to eyes? Him? It was all over. No, I didn't. I was afraid. I was scared. I knew. All that. right. Well, last week, Aaron, uh, you've lost that loving feeling. I lost it when you were uh, singing. That's the exact moment I lost it. (laughs) And uh, we want to congratulate. This was probably our most ever entered uh, Amigos uh, Patreon song challenge. Paul, a.k.a. Hermsky, Rob O'Hara, Pixels at Dawn, Edvin Helland, Luke Hudson, Terry Howard, The Slow Norris, Mitsuyama, Eric Nelson, and Bomb the Bass. Congratulations Mm. to one and all for getting that song correct. And... Aaron, we got a new supporter this week, a new Amigo supporter. We welcome with open arms, Bundy. Bundy, King Kong Bundy is here. Already ensconced himself in the fold. He's another friendly Australian, and we're glad to have him uh, on board in the Patreon. Welcome, welcome, Bundy. He also demands a five-count boat. That's for darn sure. He does. That's right. Is that Was that a thing? King Kong Bundy, when he wouldn't pin a guy with a three, he had to count to five. Wow. (laughs) Man, he was dominant in the ring. You got that right. So uh, this week, if you know this week's Amigos uh, Patreon song challenge, send me an email. Please, Discord people, send me an email because sometimes uh, I will, I, I, I've missed some in the past when you send it to me on Discord and, and I, I forget to write it down. So email me, please, john at amigospodcast.com, and I will add you to the list of the winners. I would so, suggest send him a death threat after some of these songs. Bundy Frank Lord Cello Code Mark Byland All of Hope Hermsky Jonah A.K.A. Samuel and Jerry Me Jones Ethan Little Alien Breeder Dave 
Velociraptor Calvert Boy. Lane Dancing, Luke Hudson, John Cook on the bass, Roshi. Frodo in a soul, incisor, a technique, jerking, Mr. Cola. Daniel Williams, Bernard Lucas, Jerry Dennington, Zoe Globe. Commodore Kid, Reflection Simon Lynch, Captain Crispy, Kilobytes and Caffeine, Gary Heather, Free Lunch Cage, Fox David Pickford, Karen Armstrong, Andy Jones Love, Terminator. Ten-minute Amiga, Retro Casper, Nard Quinn, Retro Man Cave, Tim Drew, Simon Rose, Joseph Harrison, Kyle Rob O'Hara, Matthew Larimo, Andy Craig, Sean So. Parkbit, Roland Buck, Andrew Monks, Joe the Zombie, Leaf Kellan, I mean Leaf, Alan K. Bob, Chicote, Level Lord, John Marshall, Matthew Pell, Ricky the Rose, Creepy Dead Boy Figgy Z. Slow Norris Staff on Sogard Mortensen at Film Helen. Blindo 75, Christopher Hassel, Ravi Abbott, Chris Fouts. Dreamcatcher, Lauren Sheroo, Graham, Veb Key, Adam Batters, B. O'Brien's Retro and Vintage, Gary Hucker, Paul Harrington, Duncan Styles, Tape from the Crib, Josh Nan, Adam Bradley, Jonas Rulo, THT, Eric Nelson, Kim Tommy Humberstar, Daniel Brinkston, Brutal Barracuda, Darren Coles, Jason Walsh, Pixels at Dawn, and Kjolbjorn Barman. What'd you say you do for a living again? Oh, I'm a, I'm a music teacher, vocal, vocal coach. Dwell on that, folks, please. <laughs> Um, Aaron, next week, it's another week of arcade action. Okay. I know you're happy to hear that. Yeah, I am. I was Operation, surprised. Operation Thunderbolt, Aaron. Are okay. you aware of this game? Is that the uh, gun game? I don't know. I've never played it. It's Operation Wolf, and then there's the other one. Hmm. It could be the other one. This one was picked by Rollro himself. Rollro getting a turn on the uh, one of our very well established Amigos Game Selection Committee uh, members, and of course, we do want to thank uh, Boss Man for getting the job done. Oh no, I'm sorry, Boss. This was not a Boss Man pick. Yeah, 
Let's see. Pac Mania was another Hermski joint. The Herm. Hermski, nine out of ten picks on the Amigos Game Selection Committee come from Paul, aka Hermski. He is the wizard of uh, of Omaha. That's what they call him. Uh, Rollbro has, so, has unseated him here. Yeah. So at any rate. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, listening to us. Uh, we want to thank all. It was Chris Folds. It was a Folds joint, even though he hated it. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought Pac Mania was a Hermski thing. My bad, Chris Folds. Congratulations for picking a game that you hated. <laughs> <laughs> I like all that right. Vote. Now, Aaron, we've got quite a few folks in the chat that have joined us. I'm going to try and read their names without reading any of the uh, offensive bot names that also pop up in this list. Did you know when you read one of these lists, at least 75% of all the names are bots? So if you're a bot, congratulations, you're going to get your name read, unless you're not. Duncan Styles, thank you for being a mod. Coming down the road and back again. Pixels at Dawn Gaming, thank you for being here. Forika. Amiga 1200 Gamer, I bet he's not a bot. Another TT viewer, ARG Presents is here. Atten, Bitstorm, Bomb the Base, Buck Owens, Chris Folds, Cobrian, Commander Root, Edmund Helen, Eeyore 4077, that's my office extension. Frodo NL, Jigglebox, GoToGoSub, Graham N CFC, Hermski, I am Paul H, Jabasoft, Jason Warns, Johnny Renegade, Joss 80, L Curtis B, Let's Do This Streamers, Lobsterminator, Lurks, Mitsuyama, Olaf Hope, Umake, Paul Kitching, Picard 2010, Polyester Links, R Typer, Retike, Remastino, Rob O'Hara, The Retro Man Cave, The Slow Norse, Treyguard 82, VNK, Wing Chun Wolf, and Z9K9. Aaron, are you not ARG Presents? I, I am. Okay, because you're also here as the Devil Bunny. That's right. I, in fact, no. I've turned most of my phones and computers into the chat to bolster the oh, numbers. Oh, okay, but. okay. I was just curious how you how you managed to accomplish that. And I it's will like, do the same thing. I should next week remind me to mention this earlier in the show. But before we go, I want to mention uh, the date, the time is set. International. Oh yes, yes, yes. International. We should have mentioned the string news. That's okay. International Computer Club is going to happen. It's a happening, boat. This will be uh, a two weeks from. It'll be a week from tomorrow, which I'm going to look the date up on that. That will be the twelfth. Uh, It'll be the twelfth of September. It was the twelfth of September, five p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The luminaries, the the stars, are all coming to shine down on the International Computer Club. All your favorite Discord yeah, are. buddies are going to be there. Uh, this is if you want to get in on the video portion of this, you can. If you just want to come in and watch us do it, you can. It's a it's a free for all. So if you're interested, if you need to know anything, head over to the Discord channel on our uh, uh, International Computer Club channel on our Discord for more information or ask questions. Oh, Very yeah. Good. Oh, yeah. That's awesome, man. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this week's Amigos. We will see you next week with Operation Thunderbolt. And until then, adios. adios. And we'll stop the Zencaster. <laughs>